At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join... All you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written, published article, Who Was at the Helm? From 1965, it's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My interview with Donald Trump from 110.2011. 110.2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump much more and remember subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week the cost is less than a beer at a bar and you get a better buzz with, with the savage premium so go to go to glow.fm slash savage premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else thank you very much welcome to the michael savage podcast well, here it is. As we go to press, here's the headlines. 
Putin's tanks roll into Ukraine's separatist regions, senile Biden kicks off sanctions, and the United Kingdom will follow sanctions after issuing a stark warning. Apparently, the invasion has begun. Now, from the invaders' point of view, the Russians, Putin claims the Russian tanks have rolled into these two separatist regions as peacekeepers. Of course, last night, Putin recognized the two areas of Ukraine as independent regions in a press conference. We knew what would follow. Last night, senile Biden put down the cookies and milk and imposed sanctions after watching hee-haw reruns against the two breakaway regions of eastern Ukraine amid the move. Uh, But of course, Biden stopped short of issuing full-blown sanctions against Russia because they're terrified of Putin. They don't know what to do. And Britain is trying to figure out what to do as well, because, again, they're weaklings run by morons. And UK Health Secretary Sajid Javid declared this morning on national television that the invasion has begun. Prime Minister Boron Johnson confirmed a barrage of sanctions will be revealed this afternoon. That will be after his drinking party at 10 Downing Street. He'll come up with some sanctions. And so-called EU leaders will put down their discussions of LGBTQI issues and things of that nature to meet to discuss their approach to this crisis after they get through with the LGBTQ issues and determine their sanctions. So here it is, military vehicles seen after night in Makivka in the so-called Donetsk People's Republic. And there it was, peacekeeping forces on the ground inside Ukraine, And everyone's sitting and waiting to see what will happen next. I think as you listen to this podcast today, you will hear that nothing will happen next. At the same time, Ukraine said heavy shelling broke out along nearly all 250 miles of its front line with the breakaway provinces, leaving two of its soldiers dead and 12 injured in a major escalation of violence. In Donetsk City, pro-Russian separatists lit fireworks to celebrate after Putin's announcement of recognition. Meanwhile, President Joe Biden last night, after putting down the cookies and milk and turning off the hee-haw reruns, issued an executive order, which he couldn't sign. He used a thumbprint because his hand was too shaky, and it banned U.S. investment or trade with the two regions. But as I said earlier, it stopped short of the swift and decisive response that old milk and cookies Joe had uh, threatened. Secretary of State old Blinky Blinken, who belongs in a junior high school teaching civics classes, said the so-called sanctions were designed to prevent Russia profiting off of this blatant violation of international law before tweeting Russia's move to recognize the independence of so-called republic controlled by its own proxy, a predictable, shameful act. Oh, my. Listen to what Blinky Blinken said. We condemn them in the strongest possible terms and hashtag stand with Ukraine. As I told him, <laughs> this is hilarious. Putin invades and our secretary of state puts out a hashtag. <laughs> the lying creep with red hair, spokes mouth, Jen Psaki, who belongs in a uh, prison camp for what she's done to this country, promised even more sanctions and more hashtags. While the so-called hate department ordered its remaining staff to leave Ukraine for the safety of Poland. Well, you've got the picture. 
And uh, Boris Johnson, as I say, as soon as the uh, drinking party is over at 10 Downing Street, will go into what sanctions will be imposed upon a Russia for this horrible, horrible invasion of the separatist regions. Johnson told reporters, this is, I should stress, just the first barrage of UK economic sanctions against Russia because we expect, I'm afraid, that there is more Russian irrational behavior to come. I'm afraid all the evidence is that President Putin is indeed bent on a full-scale invasion of Ukraine, the overrunning, the subjugation of an independent, sovereign European country. And I think, let's be absolutely clear, that will be absolutely catastrophic. Great, great, great. Just like Winston Churchill. Let's see what else. Johnson said that Putin continues down on the path to encircling Kiev itself. Blah, blah, blah. So, my friends, it's what we expected to happen. And, of course, the European degenerate foreign ministers are also set to meet today to decide what sanctions to impose as they overrun their own countries with illegal aliens. And need I say to you, one last time, borders language culture. We have no border with Mexico. We're being overrun by millions and millions of illegal aliens. Our military belongs on our southern border. And if you want to talk about military use, as I tweeted last night, here's a ripe one for you because it attracted a lot of attention because it's 100% true. You ready for it? Send U.S. troops to liberate Canada from the communist dictator, Pierre Falsto, not to Ukraine. That's right. Falsto needs to be invaded to protect the Canadians from this communist creep who took over this once great nation. Well, my friends, our southern border is ripped open. We have no southern border. We're being overrun by illegal aliens, drug dealers, fentanyl is flooding our streets. And we ask before God, where are you? God, where are you? How have we lost this nation to this sick country? How do we lose this nation? How did this nation become so sick? I can do three podcasts on that in the next three hours. How it began and how we wound up into this brutal state of failure. And how did the Canadian police become such fascists so quickly? How did the Royal Canadian Mounted Police become such militant bastards like this? How did this happen that they beat up people in wheelchairs and old women drinking a cup of coffee? How? Because once you unleash fascism, there is no stop to this insanity. Have a nice day. Michael Savage, a host like no other. We're sitting on the cusp of war. Is it World War III? Is it the end of the world? I hope you're not alarmed. Because as Jesus said, the end is not yet here. Where does this come from? War and rumors of war. Well, his disciples asked Jesus, tell us what will be the sign of your coming in the end and of the end of the age, Matthew 24, 3. And Jesus responded, and you will hear of wars and rumors of war. That's Matthew 24, 6. So when people hear this, when there's a conflict in the world, especially like now, in the Middle East, not in the Middle East per se, but it could spill over into Israel and Iran. Many people begin to fear if this war is a sign of the end times. But if you read the rest of Matthew 24, 6, it says, see that you are not alarmed 
for this must take place, but the end is not yet. And I'm saying this even though many of you are not Christians, because people are scared, war and rumors of war. Warfare does not mean it's the end times. Jesus was telling his disciples to not allow wars or rumors of war to completely uh, overwhelm us because the end is not yet. And yet many people are frightened, wars and rumors of war. We know that this war is completely unnecessary. We know that this is a wag the dog scenario created by the Joe Biden sorority and the bald chicken hawks on Fox News who know that their ratings will go through the roof if only they can get American men and Russian men to die in the conflict. That's right. The bald chicken hawk on Fox News is the worst of all of them. How you people have fallen for Fox News and all of their warmongering is beyond me. But as I was told today, that's how they built their reputation originally through the Iraq war. So whether it's this war, a war in Africa, Israel and its neighbors, a war on terror, no conflict today is necessarily a sign that the end times are imminent. And you should take peace in that. Because without getting into more of the religion, we could just look at the news. Wherever you turn, the yellow journalists are fanning the flames of war. You can go on any site. They're salivating for it. The Murdochs, the Molochs, whoever they may be, they're salivating for war. Let's go to some of the sites and see the salivation for war. The Drudge Report, Russia invasion plan already begun. What more do I need to say about that? Invasion plan already begun. Tanks move within two miles of Ukrainian border. Moscow kill list. The little skinny college boy, our national security advisor, looks like he's scared to death. This character Sullivan, who belongs in a junior high school, says it's an extremely violent operation that's begun by the Kremlin. President of France, Macron, pleading for peace in two-hour phone call. Europe faces biggest war since 1945. The vulgar comedian Zelensky, who could set the world afire, is ripping the West for inaction. How in the world have we allowed a vulgar vaudeville comedian, a pornographer from Ukraine, to start a world war? How is this even possible? How? It just shows you how far we have fallen. Meanwhile, in America, the minority crime wave jumps like crazy pushing people in front of subway cars, punching strangers, mainly older white men and older white women in the face by minority males. Do I have to spell it out for you, you idiots? You, no one will say what's going on. Not one word from the politicians. You put an African-American in as mayor of New York and look what happened. It got worse. He did nothing. You say, well, what could he do? I don't know. What could he do? Maybe he could unleash the police on the, on the, on the, on the violent animals on the subways. One after the other. So we're forgetting about that. From Russia with scorn. Here goes Murdoch's New York Post. Putin rejects sit down with Biden as Russia on the brink of Ukraine attack. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not true. But, you know, you have to ask yourself only one question. Why is it that the bald chicken hawks on Fox News are the ones who are most gung-ho for war against Russia? Those who would not fight, those who would not die, those who would not bleed, those whose sons never served in the military, never will serve in the military. Those who have made millions bamboozling you with their false great American, American garbage, giving you one incendiary yellow journalistic trick after another to fight Russia. 
Is Russia innocent? No. Does Putin want to take Ukraine? Yes. Should he be allowed to? Not my call. Let Europe fight its own wars. If it's on the border of Europe, what are we doing there? I thought we just pulled out of Afghanistan because we didn't believe in foreign entanglements. I thought all you conservatives who listen to me don't believe in foreign wars and foreign entanglements, that you are sick of them. And yet here we are cheering on along with the bald chicken hawks on Fox News, a war with Russia. Now, let me remind you, without being an apologist for Russia, we have zero to gain from this war. Zero. Zero. Nothing. Tell me what we have to gain. Nothing. We all know that Putin is an aggressor. We all know that Putin wants to recreate the ex-Soviet Union. That's a well-known fact. That's not even hidden. We also agree that we don't want the people of Ukraine to be conquered by Russia. But it's absolutely not in the United States' strategic interest. Why are we committing our precious military and our weapons? Where did our weapons come from? I thought most of them were left in the desert in Afghanistan. Never forget that Russia has the largest nuclear arsenal on the planet. This shows how incompetent the hateful hate mongers and warmongers are around this dictator Biden. Diplomacy failed, sanctions failed, moral pressure failed. The fact of the matter is, if this dictator decides to invade Ukraine and take part or all of it, nothing will stop him. And we have an expert on today who will talk about it, Frederick Flights, served as the chief of staff and executive secretary of the National Security Council during the administration of Donald Trump, former CIA analyst. He knows what he's talking about. He agrees, as you will hear, that we have no national interest whatsoever in Ukraine. And the only reason we have gotten to this point is because of the military industrial complex and, of course, the failure of the Biden administration. This didn't have to get here. Worst of all is that the fact that we're being led around by the nose by this vulgar comedian from Ukraine who has drawn the world into his problems. One hysterical headline after another. The worst are the Murdoch publications like the New York Post. Tabloids, Russia drawing up Ukraine kill lists following invasion, U.S. claims. What, what do you mean U.S. claims? How do they know this? These are the people who can't keep our southern border secure. These are the people who let millions of illegal aliens pour across our border. We're going to believe anything from the Biden administration. Letter from the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations from Bathsheba Nell Crocker to you and high commissioner for human rights, Michelle Bachelet. You're not kidding the high commissioner. The only question is what she's high on. The kill lists are being drawn up and suggest those targeted would include Russian and Belarusian dissidents in exile, journalists and anti-corruption activists. Wait, listen to this. And vulnerable populations such as religious and ethnic minorities and LGBTQ persons. I knew it. There we go again. Bathsheba Nell Crocker. LGBTQ. That's all I have in their mind. Sex, 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 sex. The letter initially obtained by the Washington Post was published Sunday. It does not go into details about what intelligence support uh, Crocker's claims. There is no such support. Absolutely none. They're making it up out of whole cloth. These are sick, demented people 
who are creating a complete fabrication about the evils of Moscow. Now, remember what I'm saying to you. Of course, it's an evil empire, but so is ours. We're not holy water, by the way, compared to Russia. And so we have no interest there. What would you do, as I've said before, if you woke up one morning and you heard that Mexico was going to put ballistic missiles on its border with the United States facing Texas, Arizona, California, New Mexico? They were going to put missiles on our border. What would you do? You'd want them gone, wouldn't you? And you would say the United States should mass its forces on the border with Mexico and invade Mexico and take out those missile silos, wouldn't you? Well, why don't you see it from the side, uh, the point of view of Russia? That's the uh, important point is you have to see both sides. My friends, this is a war that probably will happen by the time this podcast has occurred. And even if it doesn't happen, this entire crisis did not have to happen. Again, it's the LGBTQ crocker accusing the Kremlin of sanctioning continuing human rights abuses. Remember, the LGBTQ community hates Putin because Putin is the last holdout against the LGBTQ agenda amongst all of the Western nations and Russia itself. Again, why don't you go fight in Russia if you believe it, Bathsheba and El Kraka, with your credible information, you liar, you, with your hit list being drawn up, you warmongering piece of trash? Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov shrugged off the allegation in this degenerate's letter. He said, do you realize that this is an absolute canard, a lie? It is absolute fiction. There is no such list. It's a fake, Peskov told reporters on Monday. So who are you going to believe, Putin or an LGBTQ activist in the United States uh, ambassadorship appointed by Biden and his sick, demented perverts? I don't have any desire to support Russia. I have no desire to be an apologist for Russia. But I caution all of you, before you sit here cheering for war, why don't you look back at the wounded warriors that you see on TV without legs, without arms, who you cry over every day on your chicken hawk show on Fox News and raise money for probably taking half of it for yourself with free junkets everywhere around the world. Remember that scandal on Fox News when the malarkey thrower Hannity raised money for wounded warriors? Remember that scandal that got hushed up and pushed under the rug? So we don't know how this is going to end up. We have liars in this country that are the worst we've ever seen in our life, like Jen Psaki, P-S-A-K-I, a monster, a monster who has fanned the flames of war from day one. This is a wag-the-dog scenario that did not have to happen. Biden is trying to cover up the runaway inflation, the high gas prices, the failed diplomacy, the withdrawal from Afghanistan, leaving $17 billion in weapons on the ground. You want him as commander-in-chief? This Alzheimer's patient, you want him? Well, even if it isn't him, who is it then? Who is it? The one running the Joint Chiefs of Staff, you believe the word that comes out of his mouth? I don't believe a word out of any of their mouths. These are warmongers. Remember what Eisenhower said. Beware the military-industrial complex. And that is why the Republicans are all for this. 
They're making fortunes behind the scenes. This is Michael Savage. We have a terrible situation. Whether the war occurs or doesn't occur, it's not the end of times, but it's the end of truth all over again under the most dishonest administration in the history of the world. Now listen to our guest and tell me what you think. And by the way, if you're so gung-ho on protecting Ukraine, and most of you don't even know where it is, no matter how old you are, all you old white men who want war, sitting on your fat asses somewhere on a couch, you know there's probably an enlistment station somewhere in a major city near you. They might just take you to go over there and serve on the front lines. Maybe you could run across a Russian minefield to protect Ukraine from the Russians. Maybe you could help in other ways. Maybe you could be like the bald warmonger, the chicken hawk on Fox News and become a propagandist for the perverted failed comedian in Ukraine. There's always a job for you when there's war, isn't there? It might be very good for your self-esteem to try to put on a uniform. Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Now, today, with the possibility of Russia invading Ukraine, we wanted to get an expert's opinion on what's happening and what may happen. We're going to play an interview with Fred Flights, who was a former U.S. government official, previously served as the chief of staff and executive secretary of the National Security Council in 2018 during the administration of Donald Trump. Mr. Flights is a former CIA analyst and is currently the vice chairman of the America First Policy Institute Center for American Security. Hello, a pleasure. I've watched you on Newsmax. I think you do a great job. Well, thank you. I saw you last night. Well, the story about Mao, it was so hard to condense it into three minutes, but uh, it's it's a story needing to be told. I mean, I read from the Little Red Book where he says socialism is the road to communism. How do people not know this? How do they get gulled into this? Well, because of the educational system. But you know all of this. And and I want people to understand who you are. You previously served as chief of staff and executive secretary of the NSC during Donald Trump's administration, former CIA analyst, vice chairman of the America First Policy Institute Center for American Security. It's a true pleasure to have you today on the Michael Savage podcast. And of course, I don't know if you know my position, but I want your position. I believe we have no national interest in Ukraine. Am I mistaken in that? Or is there some national interest that I'm missing? Michael, it's it's great to be here. And that has been my position exactly. Uh, Look, we feel for the people of Ukraine. We we don't want to see nations being taken over by other nations by force. That's not supposed to happen after World War II with the founding of the United Nations. Right. But we're not the world's policemen. Okay. And the American people don't want us to get into more unnecessary wars. And Ukraine is not a NATO member. And uh, I think it's important we draw the line here that there's a place where we use diplomacy and and economic sanctions. But we should not think of a situation where we get into a war with Russia. Mr. Flights, I was actually shocked to see there was no opposition in a vote last night in Congress to support Ukraine in their conflict with Russia. I didn't even see one dissenting vote. So you've got the McConnell branch of the RNC. They have interests in promoting some regional conflict, in my opinion, for purely commercial reasons. There's a lot of money in war. As ugly as that sounds, there's nothing new under the sun. 
here's an administration that left behind, was it $17 billion in equipment on the ground in Afghanistan? And now we're sending equipment to Ukraine. Where are we getting this equipment from? Is it coming out of our own military stores? No, I, I, I think that's a good question. I, I'm for stopping Russia from getting into Ukraine, but making it more difficult. But I don't know what the purpose is of sending American troops to NATO countries. Russia's not going to invade NATO. Right. And we shouldn't be trying to goad it into doing so. Those troops are just going to sit on the border of Ukraine and watch while the Russians march in. I don't want that to happen. But this is just an effort by uh, Biden to appear to be doing something. Yeah. when there's not much he can do to stop uh, stop the Russians from going in. Well, here's the question we, we saw yesterday that there and there's pictures now being shown of a shelling in eastern Ukraine. Are they shelling themselves as we saw in part? We, I saw this before where a country shelled itself or gassed itself in order to provoke international outrage against their enemy. It's an old tactic that's been used. I think at least since ancient Chinese military maneuvers were used, I've read Lao Tzu. So what do you think? Who's shelling who? You know, when you're talking about warfare, you're talking about confusion and disinformation and misdirection. And uh, we really can't be sure what's going on uh, right now. Uh, I think there are some pretty significant signs that makes me think a Russian attack is likely. Uh, but I also believe there's a good possibility that Putin wants to push this to the, to the edge, hoping that the Ukrainian government will capitulate. Uh, and, and I got to tell you, you know, we, we hear Biden and his his administration saying that, look, we're revealing all this intelligence on false flags and efforts to find a, a justification for Russia to attack. It's the reverse. That always happens in warfare. This isn't that the reverse? I, I you know, I, I meant to say Sun Tzu, not Lao Tzu, by the way. I'm sure you caught that as a CIA analyst. Sorry about that. But I was reading the attack by fire and, and he writes, move not unless you see an advantage. Use not your troops unless there is something to be gained. Fight not unless the position is critical. I think that applies here. What does Russia want with eastern Ukraine? I think that Putin sees Ukraine as part of historical Russia. Okay. And he, he's, he is, uh, I think he feels threatened by a Western presence there, by democracy in Ukraine. I think it's a threat to the, uh, uh, the, to, to the uh, system he's setting up in Russia, which has moved away from democracy. And there are ethnic Russian areas of Eastern Ukraine that I think probably would like to be part of Russia. At least Russia would like it to be part of Russia. Uh, I'm not sure if there's an invasion, that's all Russia will invade to do. But we just don't know whether Russia, whether they would try to go towards the capital and put in a puppet government. I, I don't know. But it looks to me if this is a fake, it's a massive and very expensive yeah. fake. And what an investment for Putin. They don't have unlimited funds. This is costing him. I don't know how many rubles to move troops and keep them there for all these months. What is he doing it for? It can't just be a feign. What the heck is he doing? Do you think he's actually going to take eastern Ukraine? Well, right now, my colleague, General Kellogg, and I are thinking it may be a fairly massive invasion and, and, and including an attack on the capital, uh, Key. Oh, OK. Uh, and I, I hope I hope we're wrong. But 
it, it looks like they've put uh, military assets completely surrounded the country. They're building pontoon bridges. Mm. There's uh, images of there, there, there are TikTok videos of tanks driving on roads towards the border. Oh, boy. Which is a sign that there's a possible invasion in line. And as I said before, I, I, I hope Putin's just going to push this to the to, to, to the very edge and not invade, hoping he'll get some capitulation or some major concessions from Ukraine. Very bright person I know said a week ago, he said, all Ukraine's uh, comedian president has to say is we, we're not going to join NATO to, to decelerate de-escalate. We will not ask for inclusion in NATO, and we will not put missiles on our territory aimed at Russia. I keep reminding people, Mr. Flights, that everyone knows that Kennedy had Khrushchev remove the missiles from Cuba. We all know that. But most people don't know that there was a trade-off, which is that Khrushchev removed, uh, actually, sorry, NATO removed missiles from Turkey that were aimed at Russia in exchange for removing mis- the missiles from Cuba, correct? Yes. So there was quid pro quo. There always is in a negotiation. You know that better than I. I know it from a personal point of view, business, family. Everything's a negotiation. Donald Trump taught us, taught the world everything's a deal. There's a deal here. Something has to be given to Russia for them to withdraw. What? How hard is it for NATO to say we're not going to put missiles on, 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 on Ukraine's territory aimed at Moscow? Why is that impossible for them to see? Would we accept missiles in, in, in Mexico? No, I, I think you're right. But I, I think Putin will want more than that. Ah. Uh, he, he would like Ukraine to be a client state of the Soviet Union. Maybe he'll sa- maybe he'll be satisfied for it becoming a Finland, a strictly neutral state that's not allied to NATO and the U.S., I don't see why we couldn't accept that. That's certainly better. What, what, than did, you, what, what did you say about Finland? I missed that. A strictly neutral state, the way the, 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 the situation Finland had during the Cold War, where it was strictly neutral between uh, the East and the West, that seems to be a much better uh, a solution to the situation uh, than, than Russia invading. So we know Biden's not in charge. He's a senile man, probably mild Alzheimer's, if not middle along the road, and it's very sad to watch. So we all assume that it's Obama again pulling the strings. Everyone assumes that, but we don't really know who's advising this escalation at a time like this, where the world is suddenly becoming another tinderbox. We know that Biden's in trouble domestically. We know all of his policies have failed miserably. We know that even the average Democrat knows the guy is an incompetent man, if not mentally off. So what better way to get our mind off gas prices? inflation, et cetera, supply chain issues of some stores are empty than a war, because we all know that in a time of war, the people rally around the president. And that's what I saw from the beginning. It's not just wag the dog. It's beyond that. So the U.S. must know that we cannot afford to go beyond a limited engagement. How far do you think Obama and Biden and the team, whoever's running it, Jill Biden, I don't know who's behind it. How, how far do you think they'll go? Fred, you've been around a long time. Right now, I think these speeches by Biden and Anthony Blinken and Jake Sullivan that we're going to put severe sanctions on and we're going to release our intelligence on, on Putin's plans is trying to make Biden look decisive and a leader uh-huh. and to make it look like they're doing something to stop the invasion. And once the invasion takes place, 
They're going to talk about massive sanctions and say how much they're going to hurt the Russians. I don't think Putin's worried about sanctions. And, and I mean, Wait, why oh, wouldn't he be worried? Because he can counteract with the, the oil cut off to Europe, to Germany. Well, I, I mean, in democracies, yeah, sanctions have more of an effect. But uh, if you if you're if you're a dictator, I think you're more willing to let the people suffer in order to achieve your your, your gains. And also there's these relationships he's building with China, which is a bigger problem here. We're driving Putin into the hands uh. of, of Chinese President Xi, which which is something we should be focused on more, I think, than the situation in Ukraine. So that's the bigger game. That's the big chess game, as I call it, you know, five dimensional chess mm-hmm. as opposed to checkers. And it looks like the sorority girls around Biden are playing a game of backgammon or checkers while he's playing three-dimensional chess. And there's a much bigger picture. And we're going to lose on every front. If this, it, how do we? How do we? We do nothing. We have no control over this government. We're just people watching the world go by. Um, could this end? How, how does this end? How can we stop this before it gets worse? Well, first of all, we, we can't we can't stop Russia from going to Ukraine. And uh, Americans have to accept that. And we don't want to stop Russia from going into Ukraine. We can. And we shouldn't pretend that we can. Uh, we, well, we, look, we could. We could send our forces on in and risk a nuclear war with Russia. We're not going to do that. And for all Biden's uh, uh, problems, he seems to realize that. I think we have to focus on what will what precedent will this set to encourage other rogue states to try to seize power, mm. uh, territory by power. But in terms of responding, and this goes to something you said earlier, Biden needs to sack his national security staff oh, and boy. bring in competent people. Oh, that you guy. Bob Gates, who was that guy? That, that guy looks like he's teaching in a junior college somewhere. Jake Sullivan. Jake Sullivan and Anthony Blinken are congressional aides. They're third string at best. Absolutely. Uh, Biden needs a Henry Kissinger or a Jim Baker. Amen. So, I mean, men are men and women with gravitas. I bring in uh, Leon Panetta, Jane Harmon, Democrats. You and I may not want them in a Republican administration, but men and women who have good sense, who foreign leaders would respect and listen to. Not only is Biden incompetent, he has senior aides who are incompetent, yes. who foreign leaders are laughing at. That's making this whole situation worse. The senior aides are nothing but lower level aides that everyone has seen in foreign people certainly see that. Uh, I think even Jesse Jackson doing shuttle diplomacy would be better than Jake Sullivan. That's a joke, of course. But I mean, there was a time that Jesse Jackson flew back and forth to, to grandstand. That. Remember? He jumped in and did, for God's sakes, I said to President Trump the other day on this podcast, would you talk to Putin if you were asked to to stop this? He said he kind of answered yes, but he knew that they would never ask him to do that. But he had a good relationship with Putin. I don't know how many times I've had to remind the American people on my small podcast that it was the U.S. Air Force and the Russian Air Force that joined together to push ISIS out of the Middle East at the time. They were rampaging. And it was only when Russia and the U.S. bombed the hell out of them and, and drove them out of, was it Western, uh, the Eastern deserts of Syria, wherever the hell they were, that ISIS stopped. It was Russia, U.S. They were our ally. How did it come this fast to this point? We'll be back with more right after this. 
The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. We're back here on the Michael Savage Podcast talking with Fred Flights. Now, I know you're not an apologist for Putin, nor am I. And that's, of course, the danger in trying to stop a war. The minute you do that, they call you an apologist for the enemy and you're a fascist. That's that's the knee jerk answer. Oh, you you work for Putin. You're an apologist. How about I work for world peace? How about I don't want to see American men die? How about we know we have an incompetent administration that just lost 17 billion dollars of equipment they left in, in Afghanistan and now they're going to conduct a war against the Russians? Moreover, you have generals concerned with trans rights. Should we go down that road? This general running who the Joint Chiefs of Staff, who is this guy? He's more concerned with how woke, so-called the military is than how good they are at fighting. How can we fight the Russians when they're hard as nails? They're used to losing men. They're willing to die because they have to die if they're told to die. I mean, people forget World War Two. Russian soldiers were shot in the back if they didn't advance into machine gun fire, into German machine gun fire. That's how the Russians are trained. The Nazis were trained the same way. They got shot in the back. Worse than that. And we have a military. What do they do? Get on their cell phone and call the ACLU if they're told to. I don't know, take their dress off before they go into battle. What's going to go on here? Well, look, uh, I don't think the Russians particularly like Donald Trump, but they respected him. And he kept our enemies on their toes because he was unpredictable. You didn't know when he was going to use force. That stopped the Iranians from harassing our ships in the Persian Gulf. We're not going to get that from Joe Biden. And this disaster was a year in the making, a year of incompetence, of appeasing Putin, of the disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal. But I'll tell you something we should be thinking about. We have to bring Putin into Europe. We have to treat Europe as a European state. We have to give him a place somewhere in this community to mm. stop him from allying with President Xi. Mm. I know it'll be painful. I know we don't want to do it. It'll be distasteful because of his human rights record, what he did in Georgia and in Ukraine. But there aren't many alternatives here. I, I would put him back in the G8. I'd give, mm. him an, give, him a, give him a stage to talk. That would be a lot better than him expressing himself by invading countries and and conducting maneuvers with his nuclear weapons and, and nuclear arm missiles. Anyway, that, that that's my two cents. Well, I'm here for your opinion because, you know, the inside. I don't know. I'm, I'm an observer from the outside, but I know human human behavior. And I also know that Russia is a natural ally of ours against radical Islam, which should not be forgotten for yeah. one second. And I, I think we've all forgotten that radical Islam never went away. It's growing around the world. So a few days ago, you thought Putin was bluffing. And as you said today, with all the new deployments and the bridges being built across rivers and you know streams, you think Russia will invade. I concluded last Friday that it looked like they were going to invade. I thought when Putin blew off French and British officials who came to see him, when Putin refused to meet with the Ukrainian president under the Vienna document of the OSCE, which is a safety valve to stop wars. It seemed to me he's not interested in dialogue anymore or discussions. He's interested in military action. There's other signs we've seen. I mean, some of it might be disinformation. I, I admit that. But if, if, if this is a bluff, as, as we both said, it's an awfully expensive bluff. And I I fear that probably Putin's decided to invade, but he made a promise to Chinese President Xi that it would not be until the Winter Olympics are over. 
Well, so then you hear the argument that him saying, well, we're only taking the part of Ukraine that really is Russian speaking. That's very much like Hitler invading the Sudetenland, which was German speaking and saying we're not taking anything. It was taken away from us after World War One. We're just taking back what is really greater Germany. It's very similar, isn't it? Conceptually. It, it is. And I think that if if this happens, it's just the first move he'll make on former Soviet. Republicans. Oh, He'll take more territory in the future, maybe parts of Georgia, uh, maybe larger parts of Ukraine down the road. Hmm. I still don't think he's planning on invading NATO states. But uh, so he I, wants to rebuild the ex-Soviet Union. That's been his long term plan. Rebuild the USSR. Right. Yeah. Yes. So you could argue that the anti-Russian fervor in America is not totally irrational in that regard. We don't want a greater USSR, do we? No, we don't want a greater USSR, but I think we had to think, what kind of Russia do we want? What kind of Russia do we want to work with? No one really thinks about that. All we do is talk, well, oh, you're going to we're going to put the toughest sanctions ever if you do this. Well, how do we want to work with the Russians? You know, Biden has no clue. No, clue. but, you know, Trump realized we have to coexist with Russia. That didn't make him pro-Russia. Uh, it didn't yeah. mean that he had been co-opted by the Russians. It's a re- they have more nuclear weapons than we do. We have to find a way mm. to coexist with this nation. We also know the Russians and the Chinese, at the end of the day, they don't like each other. We shouldn't be. Oh, we drove them together instead of keeping them apart. That's right. We, we don't want that relationship won't exist unless we push them in that direction. And we really shouldn't be doing that. Look at the headlines. 37 minutes ago, Reuters, rebels announced evacuation from East Ukraine. Okay, that was that was 37 minutes ago. Fox News, Russia, Ukraine, Kiev downplays concerns of an invasion as shelling continues. Who's shelling who? Who's shelling what? Well, I think the Russians are shelling portions of Ukraine. They are. Yeah. Okay. they are. So they are shelling Ukraine. In in Donetsk, Donetsk. Donetsk in in, in at least. I think for at least the last 36 hours, there's been there's been shelling and it's been in different areas along the border. So what Russia is firing artillery into the region that you think they're going to invade or is that a ploy and they'll invade from another front? I don't know what regions are shelling. I I don't think it's just eastern Ukraine, but I I can't say that for sure. Wow. Well, uh, Denis Pushilin, the leader of the Donetsk People's Republic, ordered an evacuation, according to media reports. So the tensions are, are, are escalating. Separatists in eastern Ukraine are issuing warnings for their residents to evacuate to Russia amid continued reports of shelling. So they have the Russian speakers going over the border into Russia now? Wow. I, I haven't heard that report. I had to look at it. But Look, if this is a war situation, there's a lot of confusion, okay. a lot of fog, false fog of war. Yeah, we, we have to get confirmation of this and have and think about what it means. I have a couple of quick questions for you about war itself. So Russia has a ton of T-38s, right? T-38 tanks, older tanks. Is that do they still have them? Those old World War II era tanks? I, I, I assume so. I don't know. I ask because. Lloyd Austin, our esteemed defense secretary, today announced the sale of 250 Abrams tanks to Poland. Now, an Abrams tank could knock out probably 10 T-38s at once. 
by by you know using the computers on that on that Abrams tank. But again, as an outsider looking in, I think Putin could just use hundreds of the old T-38s and overrun the area very, very quickly. Of course, that's just speculation from an amateur looking from the outside in. How does this end, Mr. Flights? How is this going to end? How will this, the how will it when it ends and it will end? If it starts, it will stop. Right. If it starts, it will stop. Well, my colleague, General Kellogg, and I'd love to put him on the on, on your show, uh, can talk to you about uh, uh, the Russian military and, and, and what they can throw at the Ukrainians. And I, I'm not a veteran, so I, I, I can't talk about that. I will tell you, it concerns me. We're sending all these weapons into Ukraine. The Russians will swoop in quickly and they'll take them all. And, and oh, I, I, I don't think we've thought, we've thought about that, 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 you know, will the, all these weapons be used that I think are being stockpiled at the airport in Kiev and in other places? Uh, the Russians might move in fairly quickly with mechanized units. And, you know, what kind of equipment are they going to get? Will there be national security implications of the Russians acquiring this equipment? I think if Russia invades Ukraine and occupies maybe more than just the eastern areas, they're going to have an insurgency on, on, on their hands. It's going to be fairly bloody and it's going to turn out to be a huge mistake for Putin. I hope he's considering that and that this really is a bluff. And if there's an invasion, it, it really will be a minor incursion in the east. But you you do agree that it is Russia shelling eastern Ukraine. It's not a false flag from the Ukrainians shelling themselves. You I haven't heard I haven't heard that. Neither have I. I just know how people, you know, excuse me, how nations do things. Sometimes they cause their own damage to their own people and say he did it. And there's the justification for punching the guy in the nose in the schoolyard, even though he was the one who did it. So evacuations, eastern Ukraine, car bombing in the city of Donetsk. So it's building Russia, Ukraine, State Department. About nine minutes ago, reacts to reported explosion evacuations, live updates just nine minutes ago as we talk. So things are escalating. And uh, this administration is out of its league. They don't know what they're doing. And you fear that um, Ukraine will capitulate rapidly and many of our advanced weapons will wind up in the hands of Russia. That's the worst case scenario, correct? I think we need to be thinking about that as a scenario. If the Russians invade, they're going to take all the weapons. And uh, let's hope we were careful with what we were giving to the Ukrainians in, in, in case that happens. But my guess is that 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 we're not. Uh, and I'm worried about what the what the precedent of this invasion will be. I mean, everyone talks about China attacking Taiwan. Yeah, I think that's coming within the next couple of years. And this situation uh, uh, could could advance that possibility. But there could be other nations that will decide that if the Russians get away with this, they could, too. Well, before you go, headlines right now, U.S. officials warn of imminent Russian invasion of Ukraine with tanks, fighter jets, cyber warfare, car bomb. Putin finally springs his false flag. I don't know what they're talking about. Pretext to invade. 190,000 troops holding at border Russia to stage massive nuke drills. You know what worries me? Wars happen by accident sometimes. Yes. I've studied World War I over and over again. And I watched it happen. What I came to the conclusion is a war that didn't have to happen was World War I. It started very much like this, Mr. Flights, meaning one country did something to the other country, did something to the other country. Then those guys joined that one and those guys joined that one. And the next thing you know, they kept escalating. And it was a war that no one wanted. 
and it resulted in the loss of millions of lives. It seems to me that uh, here we are in the year 2022, over 100 years later, it's almost as though this part of history is repeating itself. This war is unnecessary. Don't you agree this is an unnecessary war that we're being dragged into, if not provoking it through mistakes? I think it's an unnecessary war. I don't think we'll be drawn into it. I don't think Putin wants to get into a war with with NATO. I think he wants to seize maybe large parts of Ukraine for his own reasons that don't make sense to us, but they make sense to him. But I really don't think he wants a war with NATO. And I think if he started a war with NATO, he, you know, he he would suffer huge, huge losses. It, it's it's too horrible to think about. We know Putin has tactical nuclear weapons. If he's desperate, he'll use them. We don't have weapons like that. We don't have tactical uh, nukes anymore, do we? No. And when, he, and when, he, Russians have a huge number. When were they eliminated in our arsenal? Who eliminated our tactical nukes? Bush? I, I don't recall. Um, but it, I, it, it was an issue with the New START Treaty because you know oh. both sides were uh, denuclearizing, but Russia keeps its uh, tactical nukes which they can drop onto a mass of uh, of uh, opponents, meaning soldiers to wipe them off the field with a tactical right. nuke. Yeah, very, very small yield weapons, battle battlefield nukes. <laughs> Hard to imagine such a thing. You know, many years ago, I had um, the father of the neutron bomb on, on my radio show at the time. And uh, he, we don't have neutron bombs. It was George Bush senior who eliminated our neutro- neutron bomb arsenal. But I know that, Russia and China allegedly still have neutron bombs, which wipes out life, but not buildings. It's hard to believe that we put ourselves in such a position and that we have a sorority boy running the State Department, uh, a sorority boy in charge of the NSC, and they don't know what they're talking about. And they look so weak. You know, you look at it and they look like weak guys out of their league, terrified. They don't know why they were put in that position. They can't handle it. So. It's anyone's guess is what you're saying today, right? We don't know what's going to happen, but we suspect he's going to go in. Is Would that be a fair assessment? That it's escalating and it's not going to end so quickly? I think that's probably right. And this lack of leadership and foreign policy leadership is so serious. I, I, I wish Democrats and Republicans would somehow make an approach to the White House and just plead with Biden to bring in some competent people. And there's lots of good Democrats who, who Biden could live with. But I don't who, think he wanted folks who, who, who would be the best Democrat, in your opinion, who could do something here. I, Leon Panetta, Jane Harmon at the top of my list. Senator Chris Coons, someone I've been mentioning as a possibility. Michelle Flournoy was mentioned as a possible secretary of defense. These are moderate Democrats. I've seen I was on the House Intelligence Committee staff. I saw Leon Panetta, a CIA director, and he read the riot act of both sides. I have enormous respect for him. Hmm. I think. Oh, and how about Bob Gates? Let's put Bob Gates in in one of these positions. Hmm. I, I th- there's a lot of talent who Biden could live with. But I think he chose these third stringers because he knows he's so weak. He didn't want someone who would outshine him. <laughs> he wanted people who he could dictate to. So he's getting bad advice from people who are as weak as he is. Well, as we conclude our podcast today with um, Mr. Flights, just came out of Moscow. The Russian military today, Friday, announced massive drills of its strategic nuclear forces. A stark reminder of the country's nuclear might amid Western fears that Moscow might be preparing to invade Ukraine. Putin will personally oversee Saturday's exercise, which will involve multiple practice launches of ICBMs and cruise missiles. The defense ministry said 
it's getting worse. He's not backing down. He's escalating, isn't he? I heard that, Carl, and I think that shows what a savvy player Putin is. I think he's laying down a marker with that development to NATO and the U.S. saying, you stay out of Ukraine. Well, what if we used our B-52 bombers? God forbid you get a you know, you talk about incompetence. The danger here is that we have incompetent people in on our side who can do crazy things. They're so incompetent. You know, last week I was shocked. One of the women, girls in Biden's State Department had the nerve to say, if Putin invades, you're going to have body bags to take home. Who says a thing like that in a situation like this? These are people who've gotten where they are through bullying in the universities, just opening their big mouths and shouting everyone down and getting where they are by bullying everyone. Now they're in another world, which is the real world. And they're using terms like you'll have body bags. You know what that does to a man like Putin? He thinks, no, you'll have body bags before we have body bags. That's what he's thinking. I'll show you what body bags look like. This is Uh, terrible. I'll up you with another example. After Putin and she met in Beijing, the top Asia expert at the State Department, a, a Democrat appointee, said uh, President Xi will, embar- will be embarrassed if he backs Putin in the conflict in Ukraine. <laughs> How does that work? I, I didn't know what that meant. It was just a, an incompetent. Embarrassed where? At the, at the university club, at the university. Yeah, I know. It, He'll be embarrassed. Know, basically, there should be far less chest thumping and threats and ultimatums, much more discussions behind the scenes between senior U.S. and Russian officials to de-escalate all these red lines and sanctions. They're, they're, they're not helping the situation. Fred Flights, former CIA analyst and currently the vice chairman of the America First Policy Institute Center for American Security. Before you go, what is that institute? What, what does it do? America First Policy Institute Center for American Security. What is that? It's a great organization started by former Trump officials. It's based on the concept of America first to keep the interests of the American people as the priority concern when making domestic or foreign policy. And as a foreign policy expert, a priority is to keep us out of unnecessary wars, Hmm. uh, to, to, to not start new unending troop deployments. And it's just a wonderful organization. I, I haven't been here two months yet, but boy, I'm really I'm really honored to be here. I'm working with John Ratcliffe and Keith Kellogg and Chad Wolf and so many other uh, great officials of the Trump administration. We're, we're really doing a lot of good. Can the average person follow the work of this uh, first America First Policy Institute? We have a website, AmericaFirstPolicy.com. I, I hope your listeners will check it out. Oh, that's what I wanted to know. I'm going to go to it the minute I get off this uh, recorded interview. Well, I spoke with President Trump two days ago, and uh, we're all hoping to God he survives the purge coming at him again, over and over again. Whenever Biden gets in trouble, they go after him. Mm-hmm. Whenever things go bad for Biden, they go, again, they go after Trump. I don't know how this ends. I don't know how the man could be that strong, but I hope he survives all of this as he has to this point. Now they're going after his daughter. You talk about low blows. Can you imagine if someone went after uh, Chelsea Clinton during Bill Clinton's reign of whatever it was? Imagine if if the opposition had started to indict Chelsea Clinton. I mean, there were strange deals with Chelsea Clinton, by the way, the the apartment and the banker husband. There were no investigations by the Republicans. Children were hands off, but not to this group of bandits. Well, that's one man's opinion. 
let's hope to God that by Monday this dies down, but it doesn't look like it. Any final words, Mr. Flights? No, it's great to be here. Uh, I enjoyed watching on Newsmax last night. I hope uh, it's such a great platform for the conservative movement. I hope to see you there again. I watch you all the time, and I hope you'll come back uh, when we have peace on earth and goodwill to man. Thanks for being with us on the Savage Nation podcast. Good to be here. Bye now. Home of borders, language, culture, the Savage Nation. On Newsmax this past week, I talked about using military force on the ground, how it should be our last option, not first, and how those who have seen war don't want war. Only the chicken hawks on Fox News are fanning the flames of war. Joining me now to discuss this is the host of the Michael Savage Show podcast, Dr. Michael Savage. Uh, great to have you with us on this, on this story. I, I want to talk about the fact that We've been hearing administration officials sounding the alarm for some time now that an invasion is imminent. But when it comes to Putin's unpredictability, where is this timeline coming from? Well, first of all, Kilmany, thanks for having me on the show today. I love Newsmax TV, as everyone knows by now. Uh, I'm an anti-war conservative, not a pacifist, not an apologist for Putin. We have zero national security interests in Ukraine. To me, this is a clear wag the dog scenario from the failed Biden administration to get everyone's mind off the disaster of his presidency. Fact of the matter is, we don't want the people of Ukraine to be conquered by Putin, but it's not in our national strategic interest. Using military force is the last resort. It's when diplomacy fails. This president of ours has failed not only at diplomacy, but at everything else. Do we want the man who left $70 billion worth of equipment on the ground in Afghanistan to now be in charge of the military in its war against who? We're going to fight the Russians? Where is this going to lead? This looks to me like a repeat, Kilmany, of what happened at the outset of World War I, where one major power did one thing, then the next major power reacted to that, and so forth and so on. The next thing you knew, we had World War I. The only people screaming for war right now are the war profiteers like Mitch McConnell and the rhinos, the leftists, of course, who were never peaceful or pacifist. And then there's a whole group of rhinos on Fox News who suddenly are warmongers who never served in the military themselves. Now, having said that, Kilmaney, you ask anyone who has fought on the ground, they don't like war. I'm a friend of special forces. I'm not a military guy. They know I love them. They love me because of my work on television and radio. They don't want war, but they'll do what the president tells them to do. If the president Let says go fight this. Russians, they'll, they'll fight Russians. But there's no reason for this. Yeah. Oh, let me ask you this. Republicans... Congressional Republicans had wanted to launch preemptive sanctions as a deterrent for Putin. You know, I, I've spoken to Republicans, particularly in the Senate, that did not want this war. So I don't want to necessarily put a label on the entire GOP saying that they want to they want to get involved in, in Ukraine here. But. You know, in terms of the Biden administration's handling of this, I mean, you say that it doesn't have national security implications, but hasn't the projected weakness on foreign policy that that Biden has sent, does that not send a message to China with regard to Taiwan, with North so Korea uh, when it comes? Uh, I mean, 
aren't there I, aren't there further repercussions to the message that America is sending here? I hear you. So in other words, because of his failure in Afghanistan, he's now going to overreact in Ukraine and go to war with Russia. So it's two mistakes. Two mistakes don't make it right. This guy is a he's absolutely incompetent on every level. He's surrounded by sorority girls and sorority boys of frat boys who are third, fourth, fifth tier down the line. They're nothing but congressional aides. Take a look at our national security advisor. This guy is way out of his league. All of the people involved in this are out of their league. They're college people who have gotten where they are through bullying. You cannot bully Putin. It's the worst mistake we could make. It's a thermonuclear power. You're playing with the lives of hundreds of millions of people if this goes wrong. And it could easily go wrong. We don't have tactical nu nuclear weapons anymore. Guess who does? Russia has tactical nuclear weapons. You probably know that. Does the average Joe out there know what a tactical nuclear weapon can do to a troop formation? Our troops could be annihilated by tactical nuclear weapons. We have to pull back. Clausewitz was the great diplo diplomat who said that war basically is the last resort of a of failed diplomacy. We've got to use diplomacy here. We cannot let a vulgar comedian in Ukraine drag the entire world into war. The Ukrainian people have suffered under the hands of the Russians. We all know that. They were starved to death under Stalin. It's a terrible tragedy. But it doesn't mean now we have to sacrifice American blood in that region. That's my position. Yeah. You can be a conservative and be anti-war. At least I can be. I don't know about anyone yeah. else. <laughs> no, I, I, I've spoken to a few senators uh, by by week. I am the congressional correspondent for Newsmax. So, um, you know, I get I get sort of the uh, dissenting opinion of, of all lawmakers at all times. So, Dr. Michael Savage, I do appreciate your perspective. It's an important one. And we appreciate you being here. I appreciate being with you. Have a great Saturday. Thank you. You too. I've been talking about not trusting the Biden administration's urgency to push war with Russia over Ukraine for over one month. Here are a few segments, pieces, recordings that I did while appearing on Newsmax TV. For those of you who may have missed them, but they're very relevant today. The first one is from January 20th of this year. Joining me now is Dr. Michael Savage of the show, the Michael Savage Show podcast. I'm so excited to see you, doctor, because you definitely have everything it takes to talk about Joe Biden. Give us your take on where things are at right now with this president. Jesse, Jane, thanks for having me. Look, all the failures that you mentioned about Biden are true. But my fear is the worst is yet to come. He's laid the groundwork for a wag the dog war with Russia over Ukraine. Everything you mentioned is correct. The, the dementia, the runaway inflation, the media fascism, the corrupt education unions, the open southern border, it's all true. But he's laid the groundwork and he's becoming more unstable and more dangerous. We should not rejoice at his floundering and his pre-senile dementia. Anyone who's had a relative, a grandmother, a mother, a father in an old age home or an assisted living, and has gone there, it's going to rip your heart out. This guy has pre-senile dementia. So what's going to happen? This is what's dangerous. We could see another war is brewing, and it's all wag the dog for the media. Uh, Clinton used Kosovo, wag the dog. G.W. Bush used Iraq. Obama used Libya. So what's this all about? What it's all about 
is another Cuban Missile Crisis. Now, what is Russia saying? I think, Jesse, we have to look at what Russia is saying. They're the other side of this coin here. All they're saying is, do not let Ukraine into NATO and put missiles on our border. Isn't that equivalent to the Cuban Missile Crisis? It is. So how did that get resolved? We only know half the story. Uh, we think Kennedy was the big winner here. Well, of course, he made Khrushchev remove the uh, missiles from Cuba, which was a big win for JFK. But secretly and behind closed doors, the United States had to agree to remove the Jupiter MRBMs that had been deployed in Turkey, again pointed at the Soviet Union. This is a repeat of history all over again. So what I'm saying, Jesse, is that Putin has just said, don't move missiles to Ukraine and will not invade. So why are we now provoking Putin into invading when the solution is to not let Ukraine into NATO and don't put missiles on Putin's border? And I think things will calm down. At least that's my point of view. I am anti-war. Yeah. We don't need another war I right now, do we? Oh, I, listen, uh, Dr. Savage, you may know that I served in the Marine Corps 20 years and to know God that the entire time of, well, thank you, uh, the entire time of my enlistment, there was an entire war going on. And you look back and think it took how long to get it resolved. It's it's embarrassing. It's 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 a disrespect to the military. It's a disrespect yes. to all the parents who lost their loved ones. Yes. And I want to talk about something yesterday that personally offended me, personally mm. actually offended me for him to say that he makes no apology for his, what happened with Afghanistan, knowing that 13 U.S. service members died and kissed the face of God in an instant, and not to mention the 20-some-odd service members that had traumatic brain injury or lost limbs because he couldn't secure that perimeter. What is your take on him just talking about the cost of Afghanistan and not acknowledging what everybody knew happened that day? First of all, as a service member, I respect your opinion tremendously but you know that there is a cost in blood when you have politicians shooting off their mouths like this talking about war with russia like it's nothing what does he want to do use tactical nuclear weapons against the russian troops and what do you think they're going to do and by the way if he does that china's going to move on taiwan at the same time that iran will move against israel it's a it's a it's a house of cards it's a domino effect waiting to happen and again we have an unstable, pre-senile individual in the White House. It's a very dangerous time, and we have to back him off this situation. So the question is, what do we, the people, say? And by the way, people saying, oh, it's only the Democrats. They're wrong. Many Republicans have already lined up with Biden. They're salivating. You know better than I that we have already sent over $600 million in military equipment to Ukraine. That's actually an open fact. So they're making a fortune. Beware the military industrial complex warned General Dwight D. Eisenhower. And we're watching it unfold right in front of our eyes. That's why you don't hear any opposition from the Republicans, Jesse. All we hear is, yeah, yeah, let's go attack Russia. I can't believe what I'm listening to these Republicans. When Trump was in power, we had a man of peace because he was a businessman who knew that war was bad for business, unless you were in the war business. He did everything he could. He brought peace to the Middle East. He decelerated the war with uh, Russia. He stopped the, the nonsense talk that Hillary had engaged in. And the fact of the matter is we had peace on Earth under Trump. Right now, it looks like we're on the verge of World War One, which could become World War Three. And why the Republicans are going along with it is very clear. Money, money, money. So the Dems want war to get Joe off the, the nut here. 
that the House of Cards has fallen down. So the American people will always rally behind a commander in chief during a time of war. And they know that it's been going on for a long time. Look back oh, to have yes. Franklin Del- Delano Roosevelt. You're 100%. You're 100 percent, Dr. Michael Savage. We ran out of time, but I want to tell you, everything you said was spot on. There's been profit in war, and that's such a disrespect to the men and women who have lost their lives. So thank you so much for joining us. Simply put, no blood for gas. Remember the phrase, no blood for oil during Iraq's war? Again, it was the chicken hawks on Fox News who loved the Iraq war. Hannah, the, the malarkey thrower, and the bald chicken hawk screaming for war against Iraq. And they were rewarded very, very kindly by Murdoch, the Moloch of our time. So this segment is no blood for gas. Wag the dog is used to describe a situation in which an important or powerful person or organization, etc., is being controlled by someone or something that is much less important or powerful. It's also used to describe an unnecessary military action used to distract from a domestic scandal. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Well, joining us now to discuss is Dr. Michael Savage, host of the Michael Savage Show podcast. Dr. Savage, you say that the situation with Ukraine and Russia is a perfect example of wag the dog. Tell us about that. Well, first I brought the mascot to demonstrate what I mean by wag the dog. This is the old art. He's my friend since Teddy passed away, who I shouldn't show is behind, but she is the tail is here. The dog is here. Who's wagging what? Who's wagging Biden? Why is he wagging it? First of all, my good friends, there are zero U.S. national security interests in Ukraine. End of story. As you pointed out earlier, our open border with illegal aliens pouring over the border, some of them criminals, some of them infected with COVID and tuberculosis. That is a greater threat than what the hell is going on in Ukraine. So I say no blood for gas. Biden's Ukraine-Russian disaster is a complete distraction. He is practicing a scorched earth policy towards this nation. It is naked treason. But what is he doing and why is he doing it? Who's advising him to do it? We don't know if he's doing it. I say he has Bidenheimers. Fine. So someone's decided, as they know, that in wartime, citizens tend to stop criticizing the commander in chief. They rally around the commander in chief in wartime. They keep their mouths shut. It's a good way to shut up dissidents, isn't it? We have inflation at a many year high, supply chain problems, store shelves are empty, gas prices are double of that under Trump. What's next? So Joe is blaming everybody but his own dumb administration. What's a better way to get out of a tough situation? You go to war with Russia in a limited war over a country that we have no national security interest in. And I ask again, where is the War Powers Act? It used to be an act where Congress had to vote on committing American troops to war. That was called the War Powers Act. Where did it go? When did that change where we had a dictatorship emerge in front of our eyes, where one deranged old fool, if that's him, if it's not Nancy Pelosi who wants to make some money off the deal, I don't remember when it changed. Where suddenly did a president make a decision that has to do with people's lives? As I say, our greatest national security right now is what DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas has done to our border. He has flooded America with at least a million illegal aliens. So let me cut to the chase. Do you think Putin wants to go to war? It's possible that Putin is known to want to restore the Soviet Union to its glory days. That's well known, everyone knows that. And there's no question he may need to be constrained, but war is not the answer. This is a question for diplomacy, for top flight diplomats, not like the frat boys that Biden has around him. You need a guy like Kissinger 
to come in and make peace here, not war. And we don't have a, a Kissinger. I say no blood for gas. The Democrat war drums are repeating history all over again. And I want to leave the listeners with one major thought. I've studied World War One in such detail. People don't realize that World War One actually happened almost by accident. There was no territorial reason for it. There was one egomaniac in one country facing off against an egomaniac running the other country. And one said, I'll do this, I'll do that. Then it escalated. There was really no reason for World War One. Now we have an identical situation in some ways. It's a little different, but a similar accidental war may be about to happen. No blood for gas. Biden's Ukraine-Russia disaster could have lasting consequences. We may not survive it. And the entire article is appearing on Breitbart.com. It's my podcast for tomorrow. I'm absolutely incensed over this, that 33% of Americans want war. Is it their sons who will go or the untouchables and the deplorables that they hate that they want to send over there to die will larry david go over there and fight will all of the hollywood idiots go over there and fight bill maher is he going to pick up a gun and go fight he wants a war let him go there and enlist no blood for gas biden's ukraine russia disaster is an act of insanity other than that i have no opinion on the matter and i leave it to my good friend nipper who i will play with tonight after the show because i'm all worked up (laughs) <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, it's such an interesting take on this, but you do. I feel bad for the American people right now who have a guy in charge who said he was going to be the adult in the room. And now he is just really, like you said, it may not turn out very well for Americans. And I think we know that it didn't turn out well in Afghanistan. This guy completely botched that. And so will he botch Thank this you. again at the sake of the American people? And I do think Americans are concerned about that, Dr. Savage. Well, you're 100% right. We forgot Afghanistan already. This is the commander in chief who cut and ran and let American troops get killed. There's a rape epidemic running through the Middle East in that area right now. He left behind billions of dollars in equipment and this moron's gonna run a war now in Ukraine and Russia. This is Europe's problem. Let them solve it. Germany is the most powerful European nation who partnered with Russia, as we all know, in the Nord Stream pipeline to ship natural gas under the Baltic Sea. So they're partners with Uh, Russia. What is Germany saying? They don't want war. The Germans don't want war because they know if that happens, they're going to have to burn their mahogany furniture that their grandmothers left them. They're not going to have any gas to heat their houses. Germany's foreign minister even said, we're not going to help Ukraine. They don't want war. It seems only the frat boys and the sorority gals around this idiot in the White House is banging the war drums. Last last words for me, no blood for gas. No blood for gas. Yeah, too many, too many problems here on our own soil, Mike as uh, you outlined. Michael Savage, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Always a pleasure. My good friend, Nipper. Thank you. <laughs> a man's best friend, right? Michael Savage, a host like no other. We abandoned $85 billion in equipment running away out of Afghanistan, and many were killed. And now you think we can fight Russia? My next guest, the same thing. He'd been ringing the alarm on this botched Afghanistan withdrawal for months, and he knew it was going to happen as well. The host of the Michael Savage podcast is here, our good friend, Dr. Michael Savage. Dr. Savage, great to have you back on. Grant, thank you for having me lying again. They are over and over again. I did some research just for your show. And the $85 billion in equipment that was left behind, $85 billion in military equipment, 
And now this sick group of bums has sent 8,500 troops to Ukraine and equipment there. Who's in charge? 22,000 Humvees that cost about $100,000 a piece. Do you know how many Black Hawk helicopters were left? I have the numbers. I mean, I could bore everyone. It's not boring. It's frightening when you look at it. it, it 8,000 trucks, 162,000 radios, 126,000 pistols. Maybe the ATF ought to go look for them. 176 artillery pieces were left behind by Joe and his and his girlfriends. 64,000 machine guns were left behind by Miss Pisaki and her girlfriends. 42,000 pickup trucks, 169 armored personnel oh, carriers, 155 mine-proof vehicles. You want me to go on? Because it gets worse. Uh, 33 helicopters, 33 Blackhawks, airplanes, C-130s, four of them. Over and over, it's $85 billion worth of equipment that he left on the ground. Where did that equipment go? How much of it has been given to well, our enemies? Did China pick up some of it? Where, where are these weapons? Where'd they go, Joe? Hey, Dr. Savage, we, we know that Russia has come in and taken some of it. We know that China's there taking some of it. And we also know that these terrorist groups uh, have also seized some of this. But you know what really gets me about this story, Dr. Savage? Is you and I have been calling this. We didn't need these leaked documents to figure out that the Biden administration didn't know what the hell they were doing when this happened. But the left-wing media, I guess now, finally, they can admit that this whole thing was botched because they have the documents. They knew all along. Now they're trying to cover themselves in order to show that they have some shred of credibility left. They have as much credibility as uh, O.J. Simpson does in Los Angeles. The fact of the matter is, when you leave behind $85 billion worth of military equipment, unaccounted for, and at the same time you act like you're an administration that's dovish, meaning you want peace and withdrawal, and then all of a sudden you plunge into a war with Russia, again by the same morons, who abruptly withdrew from Afghanistan, we're in very serious trouble. And here's the real problem. They say, well, Trump is the one who did it. There they go again, because he arranged a deal to withdraw from Afghanistan. Well, that's partially true, but it's typical of the left. They're lying about it. Trump's withdrawal did not include leaving behind $85 billion worth of equipment, did it? We all know that, Grant. And nor did it include leaving citizens behind to to get whacked. He, he laughed at his generals when they said, we're going to leave this stuff behind. And he also took the advice of, of military saying, hey, we can't pull out just like this. It's, it's not going to go well. He wanted out. I, I give him that. But they couldn't do that. Let me play a quick soundbite, though. And then at the back end, I want to get your reaction because it really is pretty rich. This is Joe Biden going back uh, when right after the withdrawal. Let's listen to this. So you don't think this could have been handled? This actually could have been handled better in any way no mistakes no i i i don't think it could have been handled in a way that there we we're going to go back in hindsight and look but the idea that somehow there's a way to have gotten out without chaos ensuing i don't know how that happens of course you know dr savage in 30 seconds please respond to that (laughs) you know the mascot of the democrat party is a donkey And I would say that Joe Biden represents the mascot very, very well indeed, except it's not the donkey's head that this guy represents. It's the donkey's other side. The guy is a liar and a moron. How in the world this hat carrier became president is a matter of accident. It's like the accidental president. And so the man is incompetent, doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know how it could have been done better. 
He doesn't know how. You yeah. and I could have done a better job than he did. I guarantee you that's the case, Dr. Savage. I guarantee you. Well, now we got leaked notes just that proves he, he didn't do well, just so the left can finally believe what we've been saying for a long time. Dr. Michael Savage, as always, thank you, sir. Here's another one. A comedian in Ukraine holds world peace in his hat. Now to discuss is the host of the Michael Savage Show podcast, Michael Savage himself. Doctor, thank you. Carl, thanks for having me. Well, if we have war in Ukraine, there go the Poroshkis, but let's put that aside. Uh, which do we want to talk about first? Uh, Biden's terrible year? I would I would say the fact that this is and there's a, there's a recent poll out for I believe it was MRC. It might have been some uh, maybe it was Newsbusters that said this is the worst first year of any president ever. I was in the Alzheimer's research area for about two years, mm -hmm. and I discussed this with a doctor the other day. And I said, do you think Biden exhibits the signs of pre-senile dementia? And she said to me, no, Michael, he has clearly has Alzheimer's disease. So we're not celebrating this. It's actually a nightmare to see a man with overt mental impairment apparently running America, but really not running America. We know who's running America. We're pretty sure it's a little bit of Obama. Uh, a lot of Nancy Pelosi, and we shouldn't celebrate this for a number of reasons, uh, Carl. Number one, let's say he has to be removed because he can't function anymore, which could happen, by the way, within a period of months. Right. Months. He could just simply go. That's the way these mental problems occur. They go like this, then like that, and then there's a decline. They may have to remove him. So what happens then? The cackler becomes president. And who is the cackler? Oh. The cackler, the vice president. Yeah. Who is she? Kamala. She's basically a nobody who got where she is because of the Pelosi machine in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. That's who put her in power. That means Pelosi is one breath away from the presidency. And I would wager a bet that if that ever happened, Carl, they would put uh, Kamala Harris into some other job, maybe put her on the Supreme Court if they can get away with it. And guess who would be the president? Nancy Pelosi. This is a bigger nightmare than people have actually thought through. It's a chess game that's being played and we're the big losers. So this is not a good situation when you put a senile man like this into the White House. And then behind them, you put someone who has no qualifications whatsoever. If yeah. we had had a legitimate states person as vice president, we wouldn't be sitting here in fear that the whole country is going to fall apart. Yeah. But it's already falling apart. Right. Well, not just our country. We have the world and in, in, in Ukraine. I mean, I feel yes. like this is emboldened him. Well, you're a former Navy SEAL, so I'm I'm the last person on earth to lecture you about war and peace. But as a citizen or a civilian, I would like to say I'm an anti-war conservative, which is one of the reasons that I I wrote Trump's war many years ago. Yeah. Because as I said, he's a man of peace. He's a businessman who knows that war is bad for business. That's why I backed him in 2015 and 2016. Yeah. And he came on my show a month before the election, and I asked him, would you meet with Vladimir Putin? He was, he was actually taken aback by it. And he said on my radio show, yes, he could. He would meet him even before he was inaugurated if he won the presidency. And we had peace right. in the Middle East. And, and as you well know, the United States and Russia joined together to destroy ISIS, which was raping its way across the Middle East. Yeah. Then Trump brought peace in the Middle East. And look what we have now. So if we go back to the foundations of conservatism and we look at Thomas Hobbes, who wrote in 1651 the book Leviathan, he's one of the founders of conservative. People say conservative. They don't know what it is. He wrote that the very first law of nature is to seek peace. I'm quoting mm -hmm. from my own book. I don't want to get it wrong. The very first 
law of nature is to seek peace. And the progressives are the warmongers. They have been salivating for war for a long time. Hillary wanted war with Russia before Trump came along. Yeah. So now we have Biden's sorority girls who are sending troops to defend Ukraine's borders while opening our southern border to hordes of third world, uneducated, unskilled, illegal invaders. Yeah. And Biden, Biden's sorority girls demanded the prime minister of Canada stop the truckers, but says nothing to the Mexican president right. about stopping the illegal invasion of our nation. Right. It's upside down. It's a mad comic, the whole thing. But it's yeah. not a joke. Yeah, exactly. It's not and, a joke. I mean, you can find this. They, they are, the Democrats is a party of projection. It is time and time again. Hey, we're the ones following the science. No, you're not. There's no science no. to back you up. You're racist. No, no actually, we're, <laughs> Republicans are the ones who just want the best person for the job. You know, you can do this with every single issue. There is no <laughs> there is no logic to their entire. Everything is an emotional feat. I got about 30 seconds left on this. Um, going forward. President Biden's world standing Taiwan, China diminished. And do we have a lot to be worried about there? Well, people are running the, the scenario out. Yeah. They see his, his, his mental incompetence. They see the helter skelter people around them don't know what the hell they're doing. They think they're still at the university who can just bully people into submission. Mm-hmm. And they're finding out they cannot bully Putin. And it's not an issue right now whether you like Putin or what he's doing. He's yeah. not afraid of these people at all. Yeah. And we have to remember, Ukraine was the breadbasket of the Soviet Union. Everyone forgets the natural resources that are at stake in Ukraine. Right. The wheat, the breadbasket of the Soviet Union. He took <clears throat> Crimea without a shot being fired by Biden, Obama. My yeah. guess, he takes a he takes a piece of Ukraine and, and it, goes home and nothing happens. And That's a, my guess. Yeah, and that is that is absolutely the worst case scenario for the United States power on the global stage. Dr. Michael Savage, longtime listener, sir, keep up what you're doing. Thank you so much for everything you have done and are doing. America. Share this with 10 other people. Maybe we can stop the world's madness. I'm Michael Savage. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.